fantasy football affair live stream thursday night delight we got the man the myth the legend fantasy points extraordinaire and rounding the block expert ranker joe how we doing my man i'm doing well my friend it's good to be here with you on a thursday night enjoying uh just enjoying, uh, I, I, uh, forgive me for, for being a little uh, presumptive, but judging by um, the sound of your voice, you are likely south of the Mason-Dixon line right now. Uh, Pensacola, Florida. Just okay. the last uh, uh, couple days I moved here, so. Uh, I, I, um, I, I'm in Greenville, South Carolina, so uh, it was hot today, uh, as I Ooh. expect it will be for much of uh, the rest of uh, the rest of the summer here. So it's, it's good to be with you here, enjoying the hot summer. It looks like I'm sweating only because my lighting's kind of crappy right now. Gotta I got turn that fan on, baby. AC, yeah. oh, dude, let's go. The problem here, is, oh, I'm I'm an AC guy. Don't get me wrong. The problem here is it, it makes it look like I have one of those spinny top hats if I put the fan on. So I have to I have to sweat through it. My office is above the garage right. in my house. So you know we have the AC, but it doesn't work as well in this room. Uh, and, and of course in the winter when it is actually cold for very short periods of time gets frigid in here but right now it's a it's time to suffer through the uh suffer through the sweat here and and just provide some uh, some fun interesting conversation dude absolutely uh before we get started man big props to you my man you're one of the ones during the middle of the week you and ross tucker i just love it how y'all bang it out telling us what we need what we want wide receiver two great matchup throw them in you know just kind of cut out all the bullshit and let's get to we all we're all here to win baby yeah i mean you know the thing with with the ross pod and obviously it's been a great uh experience for me but like it you know it it forces me to kind of dig a little bit deeper early in the week because you know ultimately our takes hopefully are not defined until friday we're not doing our jobs if we're if, right. if, if they're defined before then so i always like to bring up you know hey guys we record this on wednesday um as a matter of fact there was a point when i was recording with ross on tuesday uh like uh during the during the football season and i'm trying to break down 17 games from uh, from the 16 16 game well now it's 17 16 games from that angle man that there was some tough things but it, it forces you to be sharp and really to look look at what had just happened too and certainly things evolve but People haven't really complained too much about it. And that's well, and that's, the, the, the whole thing is you're not only that, but you're an expert ranker, dude. You have the credibility to back you up and then you're just zinging through these. And most of the time you're hitting on them, dude. It's I mean, I mean, it's just kind of common sense, my friend. Like, you know, there is obviously so many great people in this industry. And I think at fantasy points and the one thing I will say is like, um, fantasy, fantasy pros, it was 2014 to 2018. The rankings that I submitted were like over that five year span were the most accurate pre-draft rankings. Um, so like pe- I, I have to point out it, it's that span because we didn't do it last year, uh, with the first year of the fantasy point site, but the, you know, the secret of the, of the whole thing is, is like that those rankings were a collaborative effort. You know, we're, when, when I was at, I, I used to be a fantasy guru and then I was at fantasy free agents for one year and you know, those were staff rankings that was, you know, Hanson and Brawley and Barfield. Those, that was all of our brainchilds. Um, and we submitted the one set, you know, that was the one set of the rankings that that's all that was, you know, there was like, you know, we could say, we, I mean, I don't want to, 
I'm not trying to knock anybody, but it wasn't like, okay, Graham, you go put in your set and Joe's going to put in his set and Tom's going to put in his set and John's going to put in his set and Scott's going to put in his set and Wes is going to put in his set. And one of those guys is going to finish top five. It, that's not the way it was. So, um, you know, it, it, it's, and that's, that, that's what I think we're doing at fantasy points is we still have that, that collaborative effort, that human touch. And I'll be honest, we just had a long staff meeting today and we were just talking about all the things we can do better, quite frankly. I mean, you know, exactly. um, John used the phrase in our staff meeting today. He's like, you know, I feel like when the bullets started flying, we all kind of defaulted to doing our own thing and we didn't really collaborate as much as we could. And, and my, my, in a, while agreeing with that, my point with John the, to John was the problem last year was, you know, we launched this business and we all were worried, right? It, are the bullets going to start flying? <laughs> like and until they started flying, we weren't hundred percent sure they were going to start flying. You know, when baseball kicked off and, and I mean, obviously wrong sport analogy there, but when baseball started, you were starting to get the, okay, this might happen. And then baseball had all the COVID shutdowns and then the bubbles were coming there. What and a crazy like, year to start a business. Yeah. I mean, you got to, and, and like, by the way, you know, we, at, for fantasy point fantasy points has been in the works since 2019 like right. we were not like sitting there you know getting the updates that rudy gobert had covid and the nba stopped its season and i was like oh oh shit hansen Harfield, <laughs> did you see this hey how about we start a business yeah you know it wasn't like that this was like, a dream a passion you had right. in the works yeah. and so you know i know like you know but we so we're sitting there and we're trying to push this product and and that's what we're doing. I mean, we're trying to entertain, we're trying to inform, but you know, we are trying to put a roof over our head, which thankfully I have. Um, would like to have that fan on, but that's we the get that AC <laughs> unit in there, baby. Yeah, yeah, we have we have we have AC. It's just not great in in the in the <laughs> uh, in, in my office. It's but um, but the whole thing was. Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't just this thing to launch it at, at the drop of a hat, but we're trying to push this product and we're trying to, you know, say uh, we've got best ball drafts and we've got projections and every, every third Twitter message is, why are you even doing this? There's not going to be a season, you know? So you had to try to isolate yourself from that. And, you know, but there was that point last season where we had never worked together. I mean, Graham, Graham, myself, Brawley and Hanson had worked together and Ben Kukanis, who is invaluable to us behind the scenes. We had, we had worked together in the past, but adding Scott to the equation added something else. We're trying to push different packages. Um, it, it, we, we kind of defaulted into doing things that we were kind of comfortable with. Um, and we didn't collaborate as much as we needed to. We didn't streamline everything as much as we needed to. So there was a learning experience there. Oh. But ultimately, I wanted to tell, like, you were bringing up the rankings thing, and I always get kind of, it's one of those things where, like, not not blaming you, but, like, I almost roll my eyes when I hear it because I know damn well that that was a staff ranking, you know? Right. That, and I submitted them, and they, and of course I had a unique uh, a spin on those, you know? Um, of course my, 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 my information is in there, but you know, y'all had a four year run together. Yeah. And it was, a, it was a damn I mean, good run. Who else has done that? Like, I don't think anybody that, did. That's like a world championship run right there, dude. Just, you know, almost like a dynasty. And now you guys are able to show, you know, form this idea and you know, you got to mm -hmm. crawl before you can walk. Yeah. And but you yeah, guys are doing it. We're going to be better this year. Um, we just had a staff meeting today that was just so awesome. Um, anyway, I didn't want to like 
start just no. talking about the business side of things but like it's hard for me to, to to discuss that rankings thing right without discussing the business in our process absolutely man like and you gave all your boys a shout out man like it's it's not just you teamwork makes the oh, dream god work. no it's not even close to just me not even <laughs> close. well dude let's let's start it off icebreaker you're all business i get it video games man give me okay. your 101 you can either say your favorite childhood video game you can say something you're watching now with your kids whatever this what is, is your go-to either all time or now well oh man i'm gonna try to like i'm gonna try to uh no i have to say my 101 all time is metal gear solid Woo! that's number one like objectively yeah i mean you go back and you play metal gear solid one it's hard to play um right. It, it like it, it is hard it, it it's everything's getting remastered or remade these days that's in that's in need of one but they, they better you better fucking do it right though if you, if you, <laughs> if you remake metal gear solid on me you better do it right Man. um only because like uh, even of that series metal gear solid 3 is my favorite but metal gear solid was the video game where i was like oh i don't have to play just madden and nba live Four anymore ten. Right, you know, like, like, oh yeah, uh, uh, yeah, okay, now I get it because I was twelve and I was like, this is awesome, and that story, of course, was wild when you were twelve. But oh, yeah. objectively, the best video game I've ever played is Breath of the Wild. Um, I know that's, I know that's like, you that's know, that's interesting, right there. I mean, it like just like in terms of like, like the hours and hours I poured into it. And there's a lot of games that I've played recently that I've poured that that's actually my favorite thing to do um, is, is, is long single player games. You know, I absolutely blow it online shooters. I would love to find one that I kind of get in on the ground floor and I can be competitive. And like, you know, when I'm sitting on my butt, frankly, after I do this for 45 minutes, an hour, whatever we, we go, where I can go downstairs and chill out with a, with a glass of whiskey. Uh, I would love to have, you know, a shooter where I can just play a few matches and feel like I'm going to be competitive, but I suck at them. I'm terrible. Man, I feel like I got PTSD playing shooter games because everybody starts coming at me and I'm, you know, you're trying to get your, uh, what's the word, your hand-eye coordination going. Oh, yeah. I, I'm so bad at them. And like all the 12-year-olds just are so much better than everybody. So that that's the thing. I'm actually right now, what I am probably going to do after after we do the pod is sit down and play Mass Effect, which is... Uh, which nice. I never actually played before, and they just released the remastered uh, edition, and I'm on Mass Effect Two right now, which uh, which has been a, a step forward from the first game. Uh, so I'm I'm enjoying that, but that that's a hobby of mine, you know. I'm not uh, like I I've played some of the indies, like I played Hades, and like so I'm in on 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 some of those some of those indies, but I am. I am Joe Blockbuster, like those Blockbuster <laughs> video games. Like, oh, man. They, they appeal to me. That's those are the games I like playing, like the the super long um, open world stuff. You know, open worlds have come a long way because, you know, even in the days when open world, when open world first became like in vogue was what Grand Theft Auto three. And like as good as that game was, yeah. you know, a lot of the side missions were kind of samey. Yeah. You know, and like a lot of open world, like the Assassin's Creed's game, which are which some of them to me have appealed to me and others just didn't latch me. They've so a lot of them have suffered from samey content. Like, all right. All right. How many times am I going to have to follow this, these horse tracks? You know, like, all right. I've done this about 35 times already, you know, and 
I, I just think get sucked into them where it's like the time flies so much when you're zoned in on something. Like yeah, that. it's I'm just. Like, oh. But like they've done like Red Dead Redemption Two stuck with me, um, just because of the variety of the missions and the, and and the characters. As unpolished as it was at points, the the world was just spectacular. I love The Witcher Three. That so those I, I I really like open world RPGs. That's kind of my which which Mass Effect is. So yeah. I, uh, I I'm I'm in I'm into those kind of games. Absolutely. Um, I got the kids and the wife. I don't get as much video game time as my kids do, but they're all about, I guess it's Skylanders or whatever. It's just, you know, whatever they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I try to jump in. It's funny how bad I've gotten over time from stepping away from it. Um, dude, buy or sell. We're talking guys that, that people are just iffy on. They don't know if they have that superstar power that they had in years past. Some people are worried about guys. Some people aren't. So let's start it off with quarterbacks. We got two right off the press. We got Jalen Hurts. You've seen okay. little glimpses with inaccuracy, things like that. Yeah. But you got the new coach, all that. And then you got Lamar. Passing took a dip. Rushing was still there. Are these guys going to be in that quarterback one threshold still? Do uh, you mean, see Lamar going up? or I, I, I'm in on both of them. Um, I'm, I'm buying both of them. And I was – completely out on Lamar Jackson last year. And the only reason I was out on Lamar Jackson last year was cost, but I'm currently looking at best ball tens. Um, you know, the NFFC took over my fan and my uh, MFL tens. And I'm looking at their, their ADP since May 1st, which is essentially like since the NFL draft, Lamar Jackson, 61 overall. That's the first pick of the sixth round, mid to late fifth around there. Okay. That's a three round discount from where he was going last year. And quarterback one is in the overall range of outcomes. I am buying Lamar Jackson. I'm buying him aggressively at that price. It's not even a question to me. Um, we've seen him finish as the QB one. He finished strong down the stretch last year when they seemed to almost pull back on, oh, we need to throw the ball more. And they blamed it on a number of things. Greg Roman was like, oh, we didn't get the full off season. And, you know, Hollywood Brown couldn't catch, couldn't. Uh, all right. I'm not going to say couldn't. All right. All right. All right. All right. It's, <laughs> it's 10 okay. o'clock at night. It's 10 o'clock at night. Hollywood Brown couldn't catch COVID. <laughs> I, um, okay. That's, that's a terrible joke, but uh, I did, yeah. you know, let, let, all right. 10 o'clock at night. We'll, 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 yeah, well, uh, I'll put that one. In, I'll put that one aside for now. Uh, uh, and you know, it, here's the thing with Lamar. My question is, do I want him to throw more? I think if for the Ravens to become a better football team, they need to expand the passing game. But for our game, I don't, I don't care if the Ravens become better. If they just stay the way they were the last couple of years, Lamar's going to be bananas for our game. You know, right. the problem is, you know, they add Tylen Wallace and they add Rashad Bateman. The issue is with those guys because Rashad Bateman, man, if you, if you uh, took Rashad Bateman, you know, let's just say as opposed to Devontae Smith, you dropped him in a hot air balloon in Philadelphia and Devontae Smith wasn't there. Rashad Bateman and Devontae Smith are switching in the rankings right now. Like it's right. just, that is not a great place for wide receivers, but I like that they're surrounding Lamar with better weapons. He's not going to turn into Phillip rivers. All of a sudden, he's not going to, he's not going to be not running at all. I am totally in on the price for Lamar Jackson and, and switching over to Jalen hurts. You know, the problem with hurts is like two years ago when Lamar Jackson had his MVP season, you were getting Lamar Jackson in the 10th, 11th round. When Patrick Mahomes had his MVP season, 
a few years ago. You were getting him in the 10th, 11th round. Josh Allen last year, you could have made the argument that he should have won the MVP. Aaron Rodgers obviously ran away with it, but Josh Allen was certainly in the conversation. He was getting drafted in the 10th, 11th round, you know? So by historical trend, somebody like like a Jalen Hurts, who let, let's be honest, he's got four games on his resume. Right. He should be an 11. Hell, I mean, based on what he put on tape, he should be a 13th or 14th round pick. But that that cheat code that the running quarterbacks had given us the last three years, it's over. It's over. Like everybody knows nobody's going to like, you know, you're going to see some, you know, of, of your I, I guess your typical fantasy publications that are going to come out or, you know, just the, the stuff geared towards people who just need to draft in August to beat their office mates or whatever in a $10 league, they're going to throw out there and say, Oh, Jalen hurts is this year's quarterback sleeper. You know, if for, for you and I, and, and the people who are, let, let's be honest, the people who are watching a fantasy live stream or listening to a fantasy f- podcast, yeah, in June, Jalen hurts is not a sleeper. You know, right. he's wide awake. I mean, with four games on his resume and many will argue that they weren't all that impressive. He's an eighth round pick seventh round pick. And, you Crazy. know, now that being said, you know, one thing against Jalen Hurts is he he wasn't a first round pick, so there there was a a disparity on what he was as an NFL prospect. But I when I come down to it, am I penalizing a guy for playing the last month of his rookie season in what was obviously a broken offense? I right. mean, say what you want about Wentz, and plenty has been and will be said about Wentz. But even removing Wentz from the equation, you have receivers who aren't getting open. Zach Ertz, Zach Ertz looked like he was out there on a segue last year. You know, <laughs> the offensive line had all kinds of injuries. Peterson completely lost his mojo. They fired Peterson. Right. They weren't like, a whole you know, team. this wasn't, this wasn't, oh, we're getting rid of Carson and everybody else is back. They got rid of Wentz and fired Peterson. So they thought the coaching was a big problem too. So I don't know how much I'm going to hold Jalen Hurts completing 52% of his passes in a three and a half game stretch against him. And they're going to be better at the receiver position um, with, with Devontae Smith. That's instantaneously an upgrade for them. He's already their best receiver. Um, but the, ultimately with Hurts, he's going to run. And yeah. he's going to run and he's going to run a lot. And the hell Nick Sirianni might tell him if your first read's not there on this play, go run, like right. go get a first down. That like, might be that perfect cure for the common right. cold. And just... I mean, and if you just want to be honest, like hurts, man, you listen to him talk and you're like, you know, he's probably not as talented as Lamar Jackson. And he's certainly not as talented as like Josh Allen, but man, he's got something that like, you know, and, and you look at his background, you know, sticking at Alabama to improve as a passer, even when Tua had won the job. And, you know, there's just something about him that you like. Uh, but yeah, I'm in on both of these guys. Hertz is Hertz is the last guy you can get that has serious, serious rushing upside who doesn't have like significant questions. That mainly being, you know, when are Justin Fields and Trey Lance going to play, right? Well, like, yeah, that's that's the what's other crazy about Jalen Hurts and the Eagles offense. Everybody's just shitting on them, even in the offseason. You know, nobody wants to touch these guys. 
And you have a quarterback, like I said, new coach. Everything you've said, this guy just screams like he has the upside to sneak into that QB1 territory. Easily. Oh, yeah. And I mean, he, that's where he's getting drafted. But, you know, I think if you're drafting Jalen Hurts, you're thinking, I mean, he was the number one quarterback for like the last three and a half games of the season. So, I mean, we've seen him him do that, and especially in best ball, you know, where maybe he has a bad game or two, but you know he's going to run. Yeah, right. I mean, I'm in on both these guys. I want a running quarterback this year. You know, if I'm looking at for for a boring quarterback, I think, you know, I'm a little out on Matt Ryan now just with the Julio stuff. Um, but Matthew Stafford is the non-running quarterback I'm really gravitating towards this year. I think he's going to blow up. But, yeah. I mean, it, I just think the running quarterbacks just give you so much advantage. I'm buying both Lamar and Jalen. I think it would be, I mean, I know it's a far fetch, but Stafford is NFL MVP next year. I mean, Holy yeah. Crap. I mean, the odds were as soon as he got traded to the Rams, man, the, the numbers that that the books might have had, those those were gone soon. Like, it, because I think people are people are starting to see, man, this offense could take off with Stafford. I mean, well, I know you did, didn't ask about him, but no, but they did good with golf, and now you're adding Stafford, who's yeah. like another level. I just, yeah, right with you. Let's hit RBs, man, because I know a lot of people don't like this guy. I love him. I'm a Monty. I want the full Monty. I love what he does. I understand the Co uh, Cohen, Damian Williams, you name it. But Eckler and Montgomery, Montgomery coming off this big year, didn't have the great greatest quarterback. O-line was a little iffy, but he still produced. Eckler, on the other hand, walking into a new coach, but the weapons yeah. around him are great. So are you buying or selling these guys as RB one? Um, I'm going to cheat a little bit. I'm holding David Montgomery. I'm not like, I, I'm like, you know, I know crypto's going through a, lot, a little bit right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm holding David Montgomery at his ADP, which is like end of the third round, which I think is totally fair. The problem is you look at his ADP and you're, you're and you're seeing around him, Amari Cooper, Mike Evans, CD lamb, you know, Chris Godwin, Robert Woods, who I love. Days, so yeah. it's, it's a lot of receivers who are going there who I really like. Robert Robert Woods, back to the Stafford conversation, is going to be on a million of my teams this year. Um, in Montgomery, I really liked what he did. Um, you know, don't forget they added Damian Williams, um, who, you know, who maybe can do a little bit of the passing down work if if uh, Tariq Cohen is, isn't ready to go. Right. Um, Austin Eckler, I'm buying. I, I mean, I like you just look at – Anthony Lynn couldn't ruin this guy. Uh, and and who's who's taking carries there? Joshua Kelly was terrible last year. Man, he started off, what, two games? And we're like, yeah, oh. you're like, oh, this and guy's got him. Yeah. And then Justin Jackson's more of a slasher. He's always hurt. Right. Um, I actually think the guy who might end up, you know, taking the most carries is their six-round pick, Larry Roundtree. Wow. Um, who's, who's kind of a no nonsense back. And, you know, the problem with Joshua Kelly was he was a no nonsense back, but the staff that drafted him is gone. So right. I just wonder if the new staff said, all right, we're just going to replace that. No nonsense back with a guy we think's better in Larry Roundtree. So that that's what I worry about. But you know, Austin Eckler doesn't need 280 carries to produce. Right, he gets I, those receptions and he's uh, and I mean Justin Herbert's a big armed guy, but Austin Eckler produced when he was out there last year. I yeah, I'm buying on Austin Eckler. I really am. Um it, I do think it's tough. Um, and maybe let, let me pose this question to you. Um, because this is a discussion here. You know, I'm seeing right now, and I, I expect this gap to close significantly. But best ball ten since May, uh, since May first after the NFL draft, Austin Eckler's ADP is fourteen, and Najee Harris this is twenty two. Who would you rather have? Because that's going to be a big decision, I think, in a lot of drafts come August. Man, I mean, 
it doesn't take much for Eckler to get going, though. That's the thing. Yeah. And he had those 92 receptions the year before. I mean, he had like, 54 in 10 games last year. Yeah. So, I mean, it, and it, like you said, there's nobody else there. If he can stay healthy, I don't see yeah. why he can't, you know, be boom, boom. Yeah. Uh, uh, like Larry Roundtree, I think he's going to get. You know, I I'm pro- I project he'll be the guy who leads them and carries, if not Eckler. Um, but Larry Roundtree ain't taking catches from Austin Eckler. And as no. we know, uh, Scott Barrett's done the research uh, in PPR formats, a target, a target, not a catch. A target is worth 2.8 times as much as carry. So, you know, Eckler, Eckler's the proven guy. I, I'm a sucker for Najee Harris this year. I'm telling you, but right. I am buying, I am buying Eckler. I, I, I think he's, he's in position to have a very good season. I think everybody with Najee, they're just expecting this guaranteed workload. They're expecting mm-hmm. all these touchdowns. And I think Steelers are another team. It looks sexy on paper to an extent, but it's still the, you know, yeah. are, are they starting to unfold or are they just, you know, it's a weird Absolutely. one. Um, let's keep the ball rolling, baby. Receivers. DJ Moore. He's been everybody's, you know, second coming of Jesus forever. Michael Thomas, Slant King, you've already heard the reports about Winston, blah, blah, blah. And then Julio might be on the move. Sounds like he will be. Uh, so this is this is DJ Moore. You did not Solo. give me easy ones here, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really I mean, not. dude, and that's uh, these are the guys people are talking about. Yeah, the, and it's that's the, the last I mean, that's year. The thing. Yeah. Uh, it's it's like the Montgomery Eckler. Montgomery was great last year, but everybody's like, ah, probably not this year. DJ Moore. Yeah. Everybody expects him to just go bonkers every year. And then you have Throb and Robbie Anderson come in there. He's getting Darnold back. I'm still high on Robbie. But mm-hmm. DJ Moore, let's start with him, man. He is the apple of everybody's eye. Give me your thoughts. Is he going to be a career? I hate to say it like that. Is he the best wide receiver two in the game? Or is he going to be that wide receiver one breakout? Uh, I would I would say he's more of a two. Um, and now my question is, does he play more out of the slot? Because if he plays more out of the slot, then sure. we know Darnold's history with Jamison Crowder and DJ Moore is a much better player than Jamison Crowder, but uh, right. at, like Darnold in as much as he has not been good in the NFL, he has gotten the ball to his slot receiver. Um, I'm going to sell only because three receivers around him and i'm no f- damn well this can make me look foolish i like <laughs> i like better than him and those are robert woods deontay johnson and adam Thielen. um and and now if i was taking any of these four receivers to start my team dj moore's number one just you know like yeah. but like i'm just a little worried about darnold and say what you want about teddy and i have said my piece about teddy and i just there's there's uh, like he just he's just not very good but he got the ball to his receivers last year. And like, that's why in Denver, I think drew locks got way more upside than Teddy Bridgewater. But if I'm drafting Jerry Judy, I want Teddy to be the quarterback just because right. I feel like, you know, he's, he's going to get more empty calories. Um, um, I, I'm only going to sell only because I like the, the ADP on DJ Moore is very fair. I'm looking at 46 right now. Okay. That's right. really fair, but I like what, I like what Robert Woods more. expecting out of that? Yeah. I, I'm going to be drafting Robert Woods more than I will be drafting DJ Moore. Um, I'm going to sell Michael Thomas as well. Uh, The thing I like about Thomas is I really like that 
Taysom Hill, believe it or not, he produced at an elite level with Taysom Hill at quarterback. And in the event Taysom Hill's the starter, and there's another great quarterback sleeper for you. The problem is all those guys have big questions about playing time. I, I actually might feel better about Michael Thomas. And you know what? I, I, I'm not that worried if Jameis is the starter either. Like Jameis, Jameis had big time numbers throwing to, to Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. Chris Godwin's a great slot receiver. Michael Thomas will put up numbers. I think if Jameis is the quarterback, the problem here for Michael Thomas is I'm looking at an ADP of 29. Right. And so high. you know, do I think there's a 15, 16, 17 draft pick difference between Michael Thomas and Robert Woods and DJ Moore? I don't think so. And so if I'm looking at that 28, 29, that might be your spot. Maybe at the end of the second beginning of the third, where you, you can get that last RB two that you feel really good about, like an Edwards, Alaire, your guy, Montgomery, um, JK Dobbins, you know, Miles Sanders, if you like him this year, that would be an interesting buy sell guy too, because I think you're going to get a wide range of opinions on that one. Um, but I, I just think where he's going I'm I'm probably going to sell on him. Uh, as a matter of fact, according to Best Ball Tens, uh, he's going two picks ahead of Terry McLaurin. McLaurin ten times out of ten. That's yeah. not even like you know you do fifteen Best Ball drafts and you get the same draft slot in all fifteen. You're never going to take the same team every time. We're not that smart, right? You know, right. like you know, ranking Michael Thomas above Terry McLaurin or vice versa. People have to understand when you have a guy ranked 14th and a guy ranked 15th, that's not me telling you that I would take that guy 60 times out of 60 over the other guy. Right. That's just maybe I would take him 32 times out of out of 60, and that little narrow difference is enough to make up. So, like, I would diversify there. But McLaren, I would have to say I prefer way more than Michael Thomas, especially in a best ball format. Um, so that that that's why I'm selling on Michael Thomas. I got to tell you, man, I got a weird feeling about Julio. And what, I mean, he's what, 32, 10 years in. He's, he's doesn't want to be in Atlanta. And right. you've seen when he plays, he's still got the juice. But and he, that when he plays is the key, right? Right. Like that's so, the key. And now Julio might be one of those guys that you just, that you just totally, Scott Barrett's got a nice series coming out on the website uh, starting uh, next week. And it's about consistency and and about how you really do sh or should at least approach a best ball draft differently from a redraft where you're going to pick your starting lineup every week. I know anybody who's had Julio and you're playing hell, you're even playing DFS. Oh my God, he's got this matchup. Oh, but that, that ankle, that <laughs> knee, and then he limps all five plays into the game and you're like, oh, geez, man. The hamstring again. It's not a problem in best ball. Right. You know, you so... And if he ends up going to a place like Tennessee, I think Tennessee is the one where fantasy analysts are looking at this. Maybe even San Fran where you're like, they could use them, especially Tennessee. Tennessee could really use them. Um, but if he goes there, he doesn't have, you know, there's not going to be that expectation of he's got to carry it because ten, ten, if he goes to Tennessee, he's their number two receiver. Right. Because AJ Brown's the one, you know, even with Calvin Ridley there and now Kyle Pitts in Atlanta, I still feel like, Calvin Ridley hasn't usurped Julio on the, on the food chain yet, even though maybe he should have. Um, I think Julio would probably be better served in a spot where the expectations aren't sky high for him. Now, the good thing about Julio is the ADP is adjusted. He's a fourth round pick. Um, 
I don't know if that's going to change if he goes to Tennessee, but I think people are smart. I don't think you're drafting Julio right now on the expectation that he's in Atlanta. I think the expectation is he gets traded. I'm buying Julio at that price. Maybe that's foolish, but I'm buying him at that price as a fourth round pick. It's going to be interesting to see where he goes. Cause I think if he goes to the Patriots, it falls quick. Yeah. Because I mean, I, I know Everybody's there's a lot of reasons, can. man. There was a lot of reasons. The Patriots receiving core last year was the single most abysmal receiving core I've ever seen. Um, Cam had the COVID, but he also wasn't very good, you right. know? And if it's not Cam, it's Mac Jones, who's a rookie. So yeah, yeah, they, yeah. I, I mean, I, I would actually be more excited by Julio going to a place where, you know, they have Brandon Ayuk and Kittle in San Fran. They've got AJ Brown in Tennessee. I'd actually be more excited by him going to a place like that, to be quite honest with you. Old Tennessee. Well, South Carolina, are they ever going to get a football team? What's going on there? Uh, uh, well, I guess the I guess uh, the Panthers want to usurp South Carolina or want to. I, I think they've openly tried. I mean, they they have they have a training camp here, okay. so they have training camp at Wofford, which is in Spartanburg. Um, that's where Jerry Richardson went to school, even though he's not the owner anymore. Um, they're they're <laughs> still they're extending that olive branch, and I know damn well uh, before um, before a. Uh, uh, Deshaun Watson's proclivity for tugmaps.com um, uh, came out. Um, uh, don't ask me how I know that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, uh, before that came out, I mean, I think David Tepper would have sold the world to trade for Deshaun Watson been because Deshaun Watson's a god in this area. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, so that would have been because I, look, I live in Greenville. Everything here is Clemson football, Clemson football, Clemson football, Clemson football, Clemson football. And occasionally you'll run into a Georgia or a South Carolina fan, Um, you know, so but in in this area, I mean, that's all there is like, you know, I'm from Pennsylvania. So like, you know, I'm I'm from I'm from the Philly area, but I went to Penn State College. Yeah. You know, if Penn State lost on Saturday, well, at least the Eagles and Steelers play tomorrow. Exactly. You know, like there isn't that here. There isn't that. The Panthers are not to say they're an afterthought. I, in my neighborhood here, I've got a um, a, a gentleman who uh, is a Panther season ticket holder. So there are fans. There are Falcons okay. fans here. You know, we're we're e- we're pretty equidistant. A little quicker to get to Charlotte just because traffic isn't as bad as going to Atlanta. Um, but there, we're equidistant. But there are fans. But it's just like that's my hobby. Clemson's. Yeah, it's know, a college town. Right. Exactly. It. All right, let's keep the ball rolling. Tight ends. These are two guys. They were high end last year. Kind of came out of nowhere. And everybody kind of same thing. Everybody doesn't know what to do with these guys. Tanya, you got the Aaron Rodgers beef going on. Logan Thomas finally blossoms into this beautiful rosebud. Are these guys going to be top five tight ends? Or is everybody so high on Pitt, so high on these other guys, you know, Tanyan was saved by touchdowns. Logan did a little bit of everything. Yeah. Hit, hit me with it. I'm I'm selling Tanyan only because, um, you know, John Hansen had Adam Schefter on his program this morning. And, you know, while I actually, you know, I want things to be easy, man. Like you're throwing these tough ones at me. <laughs> and I know, I know that like, it's not, there's no utility to people. If yeah. you're like, Joe, are you buying Christian McCaffrey this year? You know, like, yeah, I mean, it's you- like that send your, Kyle Pitts or Mike Gusecki. Yeah, and then right. it's like, you know. Yeah, it's but, but while I want things to be easy for us, like we currently have two guys going at or near the first round who have who have a big G on their helmet. 
you know, that's a lot easier to sell to sell myself on when I'm doing a draft if, if I know Aaron Rodgers is under center. So right. I want Aaron Rodgers back in Green Bay. Um, but when it comes to a guy like Tanyan, I'm I, I have to I, I have to take the glass half empty type approach here. And like when it's been since what Jamaica Finley, maybe that we've had a Green Bay tight end do anything. Yeah, maybe that, Franks. Oh but. man, I I feel so bad about Jermichael Finley because he was he was a stud man. Like, like oh, and he just couldn't stay healthy. But look look at some of the guys who were going after Tunyon, and and in in this example, I'm talking guys who were going around two rounds, three rounds after him. I feel better about Irv Smith. Right. There's not a huge competition. And now, granted, there's not a huge competition for targets in Green Bay either, but I also don't know a damn thing about Jordan Love at this point. Irv Smith, I know he's throwing him the football. I know it's I know it's Thielen and Jefferson. They're going to run the ball, but he has a wide-ass open window to be the number three receiver there. So I like him more. You know, Evan Ingram, if he can shake the drops. Hard to him there. Yeah, he's going two rounds after Tunyon in best ball tens right now. Jonu Smith is going three rounds after him. I I'm, I, I I said this on one of our podcasts this week. I got a weird feeling about Jonu Smith too, man. He's a guy who I think Belichick loved him, and he went out and he made sure he got his guy. I wouldn't be stunned if Jonu Smith leads the Patriots in targets this year. So that's a guy I'm buying on. I understand the situation's weird. People don't, don't really know how to break that down, but I'm buying on him. You know? I go all the way down here and I'm looking at Adam Troutman, like five rounds after Tunyon. And I'm like, how confident am I that Tunyon outproduced him? Now I would have Tunyon ranked higher, but I mean, yeah, you're not spending blowing your load on Tunyon. I'm going to tell you that talent right now. There's a guy going 70 picks after Robert Tunyon. And it, I, there's no way there should be a 70 pick difference between these two guys. And that's Tunyon and Anthony Ferks are in Tennessee. Oh yeah. Everybody's loving the Ferk. So, but yeah, but he's, his ADP is 174 overall. He's free. So my oh, yeah. whole point is where Tunyon is getting drafted. There's guys, uh, there's guys six rounds later who I would not, I would not put a $500 bet on Tunyon having a better season then. Uh, like, like that's that's the whole that's the whole point I'm making with Tanyan. So I'm selling. That's an easy sell for me at his price. So what about Logan Thomas, man? This is a guy that he he balled out and he was targeted. Granted, you're getting yeah. Fitz Magic, but this is another one that seems like he could repeat what he did last year. And I'm not I'm not. And, and here's another example of why I'm out on Tanyan. According to Best Ball Tens. Sorry to keep bringing him up. That's that that's good ADP. <laughs> it's what I'm using right now. Yeah, um, but- uh, 103 overall for Logan Thomas, 107 overall for Robert Tunyon. That is stupid. Yeah. Uh, like, I, I don't have Logan Thomas ranked as a top five tight end, but he's a lot better than just a four-pick difference away from Robert Tunyon. So, now I'm buying Logan Thomas. Um, he's one of those guys who, like, like I, I think there's that, that Hawkinson, Pitts, Goddard, Thomas tier of guys. Now, this is assuming Philadelphia trade Zach Ertz, which I think they will, but that's not a guarantee yet. Uh, where those are kind of the tight ends I'm I'm really targeting because I, I don't expect them to be Kelsey or Kittle, but they're they're a lot cheaper. Um the Logan Thomas is in that tier of guys who I'm targeting. Not paying up for a tight end, it sounds like. Yeah, I, you let's, know, let's push it down a little bit, get stacked at receiver and RB while you can. We just had an article on our site. Um 
by Jeff Henderson, he introduced the fantasy war statistic that he had developed. I know people have done it, but he developed this one in house. And, you know, I mean, he may, he can, he makes an argument that Travis Kelsey should be a top five overall pick. And wow. I can acknowledge that research and respect that research and also internally tell myself I'm not that clever where I can, where I like, who the hell am I? Who am I to think? And this is not in FFPC. This is not tight end premium. This is, he, he makes uh, FFPC. No, no, no shit. Like, you know, Kettle, Kittle and Waller are going to be top first round picks in that format, FFPC, but he makes it in general that he should be. I, and I have a tough time convincing myself I'm clever enough to use a top <laughs> five pick on a tight end and then build a team that I think is a winner. But, you know, maybe that's a mental block I have to get over. I just have a sneaky feeling about Logan Thomas. You had 72 receptions last year. Granted, they got Samuel. They got these other weapons. We see Fitzmagic loves to throw it down the field. I get it. Uh, yeah, Fitzmagic, man, he's going to – that's why it's one of the reasons I love Terry McLaurin. Right. Like, I mean, it's Fitzmagic, man. Like, what do you – like, <laughs> beyond, beyond – you know, uh, McLaren and Curtis Samuel, which uh, admittedly is a good group. You have Gibson in the background backfield. Your next best receiver is Deami Brown. Who's a third round pick. Good draft right. capital, but no guarantees there. Kelvin Harmon's coming off an ACL. Antonio Gandy golden made a couple of flashes, but you know, you have cam Sims who, who did some things, but you know, Nothing. not exact, not exactly a murderer's row there, you know, dude. And best ball, Ryan Fitzpatrick, another one. Yeah, he like could be too. some sexy points for you, dude. That's it for football. I'm gonna hit you with a couple more. Give me favorite Penn State player. You can either say one while you were there. Okay. I remember the Lavar Arrington, the Courtney Brown guys. I even remember when I'm I'm 34, so I don't know how old are you, Joe? I'm 34. Oh man, bam, so, bam, dude. Exactly the uh, same. Exactly the same age. So, so who um, was there while you were going to school? Uh, Give me like the big football player from Penn State. This is obviously things have happened at Penn State since then. Well, um, yeah, I mean, but uh, I mean, but you know, you know <laughs> I, think, I think we're all realizing, and I think a lot of people have realized that like culture problems are not a Penn State thing. Not not to absolve anybody of blame, but you know college sports probably in general needs yeah needs, needs a significant overhaul um but uh when i was there my sophomore season um penn state was coming off just an abysmal i think we were four and seven my freshman year um they had no receivers they had no they had no talent they had no juice um you know at, at the time i did not like the quarterback who was there zach mills and you know with with the benefit of uh, oh god i shouldn't use that phrase uh, uh looking back <laughs> Um, I understand the guy had zero help, so I'm, you know, I, I absolve him of that blame. Um, but my sophomore year was 2005, and um, Penn State had recruited in 2004 a five-star quarterback you might remember by the name of Anthony Morelli. So everybody anticipated Morelli in his sophomore season was going to come in and be the starter in 2005, and everybody was fired up for it. Then the coaching staff named Michael Robinson the starting quarterback, wow. and I remember on on campus people were like, "What the hell." Well, I mean, Michael yeah. Robinson, yeah, and I was one of those people. I was like, why are they not playing Morelli? Michael Robinson's my favorite player of Penn State history. Um, That's awesome. Just like a leader, 
Um, just like a, a guy you'd want to just go to battle for. He's my favorite player. Now they had some great players when I was there. Paul plus Lesney played in the league for 38 years, you know? So he was there. They were, they, they had a great recruit by the name of Derek Williams who didn't necessarily pan out in the NFL, but he was a big time recruit. You know, you had a uh, Tony Hunt who had a spell in the NFL out of the backfield, you know, Dion Butler who played for a long time, Jordan Norwood who played for uh, a, a while in the NFL, longer than Dion Butler actually in the NFL. So they had some, good players on offense and uh and but michael robinson he was just the catalyst um you know uh obviously things have happened at penn state since um oh man but, you get to do some tailgating stuff like that oh yeah the college I mean, experience dude um so one of the things that happened when i joined fantasy guru when i was just i was a kid i was 22 right. um, i would go up for the weekend and then drive back in time for the nfl games on sunday so i could do Dang. my work but like one of the things and i would still do this by the way like it, on a big football weekend, shit. I've been to that stadium enough times. Right. Um, you know, I would I would go and just go to tailgate and watch the game at a bar or somebody's oh, yeah. house. Like you know, way a bit more fun. Yeah. So yeah, that that that's 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 that. Michael Robinson. Long story short, is my favorite Penn State player of all time. I remember. Uh, like I said, I'm a I'm a Georgia fan. Oh. Okay. Not as I'm more pro now, but I still love college. But back in the day. Obviously, you see the star. I'm a Cowboys fan. We had we went through the Troy Aikman gets hurt. Quincy Carter, I thought was oh. he got drafted by the Cowboys. I was shooting him off as a kid, and then everything went to shit. But just yeah, one of those yeah, fun. Quincy, he had some talent. Yeah, just had the, ourselves too. had him. It was it was a good time to be a Cowboys fan. Mm-hmm. And then of course the DJ Shockey, David Green, just different memories as a kid. Um, dude, when I'm not doing football, I do a wrestling rewinds podcast. Okay. So I figured I'd bring this up. Stone cold in the macho man. Yeah. You have any wrestling background? You ever watch it as um, a kid? Oh, Anything for sure. Like um, for sure. Um, uh, uh, I, I watch wrestling as a kid for sure. I think stone cold, Steve Austin, not only is he my favorite wrestler, he's also the greatest American <laughs> of all time. So I'm a stone cold fan. Uh, my favorite growing up was Shawn Michaels. Oh yeah. Um, now, um, now uh, let me tell you something for a fact. There are two groups of people who love fantasy football more than anybody: professional baseball players and professional wrestlers. I've been in leagues with both. That's awesome. And they both love. They both love it. Um, you know, I I wouldn't say I'm buddy buddy with with any pro wrestlers, but um, my guy Eric Young. Um, yeah. Yeah. He uh, one of the nicest guys you would ever meet. I'm in the flex leagues with Jake Seely every year with ey he's one of the nicest people you would ever meet and like i i'm I, like we go when we would do those drafts in person i would go out to the bar and me and ey would just sit and shoot the shit a long time oh, yeah. so he's one of my favorite guys but you know i used to uh, uh, uh i don't i'm actually not sure what's gonna happen this year um uh with with uh sirius xm and uh, the fantasy uh game day show but uh, right. my co-host i would still call him my co-host for the entirety of that show is matt camp who now works with wwe so um so i'm very close with matt and obviously he's way more into the wrestling thing than Mm -hmm. i am but quite 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 honestly i don't watch wrestling now like i know it's hard to keep up with everything i I don't do it um i don't i know i know uh who is it Uh, cody rhodes has a new promotion that's getting a lot of buzz um i crazy aw yeah Um, and and I, i i don't watch it but i gotta be honest with you 
my wife and I watch a bunch of TV. I mean, with the COVID thing, we moved to South Carolina where we didn't know anybody. So that's kind of what we've been doing. Yeah, you get um, shows and... Professional wrestlers are some of the most interesting people. And we love wrestling documentaries. And oh, we'll watch yeah. documentaries, even on guys I've never heard of. You seen Dark Side of the Ring yet? Yeah. So that's the Whoa. one we've been watching. Like we watched the New Jack one. Yeah. Um crazy. Like the Owen Hart one had my wife in tears. I felt awful <laughs> about that one. But like, um, but like, you know, like, you know, New Jack. The only thing I remember about New Jack is like, you know, I grew up in the Philadelphia area, man. I'm 10 years old. Oh, and I'm ECW. flipping through the channels late at night. I was like, man, when's ECW on when we couldn't find it out? And you just hope it's on yeah. TV when you're and oh New Jack God. would come out and Natural Born Killers would just play his entire match. Like, so freaking awesome. Um, but just like a different know, time. We didn't have, it was literally, you're watching like Jerry Springer, you're watching wrestling, yeah, E-Network, all this crazy stuff. Austin, man, when I was in college, we used to pregame by watching like Austin videos and like getting all fired up to go out when he brings the beer hose out and squirts everybody. <laughs> um, but, uh, oh, my favorite Austin line is price check on jackass. No, oh my God. But he and beats the Booker hell out of Booker T. T and the, that was a really good, the A, the A and E documentaries have been hit or miss. Um, right. I, I, thought different. The, I thought the ultimate warrior one was like, yeah. like sugary sweet for a guy that I'd never really heard. Everybody of shit about. on that guy. It's crazy. Yes. I mean, I guess at some point they needed to get the other side out there, but right. You know, uh, anyway, I, I thought the macho man one was, they really took a crap on him. I don't know how. Yeah. It's just weird. You know, you would never think Macho Man's walking around with a fanny pack full of ecstasy. Or... Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know how fair that was without him here to defend himself. But and so I guess same with Warrior. But he was a nut job anyway. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, we've been watching a bunch of wrestling documentaries, and you know the one that really got my wife into this is I think it, I think it was a Thirty for Thirty they did on Ric Flair a couple of years Dude, ago. And crazy, and he still like that too. Yeah, and like, it, it was great. And yeah. my wife was like, I don't know if I want to watch this. And then we put it on and she was like, oh, yeah, that was really good. And then the Andre the Giant movie that HBO did. And no, but like I, that's that is a God's honest truth. I do not watch wrestling. I do not consider myself a wrestling watcher. I consider myself a wrestling knower. Yeah, um, you know, the old like, school stuff. Like, for instance, if Roman Reigns were to walk through the door right now, I'd obviously know who he is. OK, right, like, you know, I know not... enough, you know. Exactly. But like, um, you know, that's just the way if CM Punk were to walk through the door, I'd know who he is. Like, but, um, but like, I don't consider myself a modern wrestling watcher, but I'm a knower. And I just think the stories behind the scenes are so, oh, yeah. so totally fascinating. When I've spent, I used to be a bellman valet at the Hilton Pensacola beach. So these guys would all come to vacation on the beach, get their tan mm -hmm. on and they'd invite you to go out and party with them yeah and you know me being a, i'm like dude i'm a sports junkie hell yeah i'm single let's do it and the shit i've done like i said i experienced my 20s was a blast but these guys are hardcore in the ring and outside yeah. the ring no questions asked. And, and you know i know the the big line now is now they're now a lot of the wrestlers are addicted to playstation which is probably right. a hell of a lot better than what they were <laughs> doing in the 90s i mean like oh yeah it, yeah. So, but I mean, yeah, I mean, so I'm, a, I'm a respecter of the business. Um, I just like, I just, man, I tried one time. I just could not get into watching it without a crowd. Oh, it sucked. Like it sucked. now, now I've been to multiple pay-per-views by the way. Really? Like, so yeah, even in recent years, cause like it's a fun thing to go to in person, but it just, why dude, the crowd is like, that's what it is. It's, everything. Just, it's a spectacle, man. So yeah, yeah, it's, you know, and I'm from the Philly area. As a matter of fact, I'm actually from the Lehigh Valley. 
Um, I, I'd like to say from the Philly area just because it's a lot easier, but I'm but I'm literally from the Lehigh Valley. I did not know shit about Jimmy Snuka killing his girlfriend. Oh, super fly. And that's, and that's in Allentown, which is right near where I grew up. I grew up in Easton. So and he couldn't like read or write. Like yeah. this guy went through life without being just I can't do anything. I don't, I don't know how Vince skated on that one, man. Like, uh, like just, there's a lot my, of stuff that, you know. You dig into and you're like, what the fuck? Uh, Dude, uh, real quick before we get out of here, hit me with an eagle, man. You don't have to say this year's, but who's your guy? Was it McNabb? Was it Deuce Staley? Was it Michael Vick? Who was your guy? Oh, my favorite. Well, I mean, the one year of T.O. was a freaking blast, man. That Hell one yeah. year before he blew up. That was probably... Um, I think Deuce Staley is going to go down as like one of the single most underrated. Like, well, I don't know if he's going to go down because I think he's still underrated. That guy was a baller, man. He was a really good running back. Like he was like, he was, um, he was, you know, one of my fondest memories of the Eagles because for most of my childhood, they were respectful. But like, you know, when I was growing up, it was, and, and I was aware of what the Eagles were. Randall was on the tail end. He couldn't shake injuries and he certainly couldn't shake buddy Ryan. Um, so he Crazy. couldn't shake injuries. You know, my, my actually, my single most vivid memory of Randall is, is his near Vikings. MVP year with the Vikings, Yeah, which is like, now, of course I knew, you know, who Randall was. And he was, a, he was the first player who I, he's the first player whose name I think I knew like was Randall Cunningham. But like, that was a little bit before I like I was born in 86. That was a little bit before I could really appreciate that. You know, you start to become a fan, but you just kind of know names and you don't really right. think of like, Oh, this guy is good because, you know, you just know he's good. Um, so like, but I'm not, not to pick on you because you're a Cowboys fan, but after oh. that, the Eagles, after Randall, the Eagles weren't very good. They were in purgatory. They had some awful years, um, in, in the, uh, the, the late Cotite and then the Ray Rhodes at years, um, they were three and 13 in Rhodes as last year's head coach. And then five and 11 in Andy's first year, which was McNabb's rookie year. But the first game where I can like, remember going like, holy shit, that was fun with the Eagles was the kickoff game of the 2000 season, the pickle juice game when they just walloped the Cowboys. And I think that was, I think that was Aikman's last year. They opened the game with an onsides kick. Deuce went for like 270. Going crazy, dude. Um, um, and it was just, it, that, that was the first time. And like, you know, as much as I loved football, I was a big Eagles fan. Like I was an Eagles fan long before that, but that was the first time they took the step towards becoming a, like a good franchise. Exactly. Um, and, and that's on Andy and McNabb. Dude, and, and McNabb for so long, or it felt yeah. like so long. He was just on point, man. Yeah. That, that, that was that was it. And that's when they really started dominating the division for like the better part of a decade. Long you know, time. like at least five, you know, for five years. Like I think there was a stretch where like they didn't lose a division game. Like because the Cowboys were down, the Giants were down. Um the team was down. The team's been down for 25 years, but the team was down. You yeah. know, the, 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 the two best head coaches of the team in my lifetime are Joe Gibbs one and Joe Gibbs two. So, <laughs> so crazy, I, dude. Crazy. I mean, I mean, that's the way it's gone for the team. Uh, but 
Um, the giant, the giants that year, 2000 the giants actually won the division. And that was the year the giants went to the super bowl and got blown out by the Ravens. That's right. Yeah. Jim Fox or whatever it was. Yeah, Jim Fox, Kerry Collins, Penn state. Yeah, Kyrie, Kerry Collins, Penn state. Woo. Um, um, and, uh, but the Eagles lost to the giants in the playoffs. Jason Seahorn made an interception. Um, but then after that, that was the year that the, the Eagles had then won four straight, uh, divisions. They went to four straight championship games, finally got over the hump. Um, Sands T.O., but in the T.O. year against Atlanta, T.O. didn't play in that game because he had the broken leg. Another cowboy I hate, Roy Williams. Uh, How about dragging. Marco Murray, man? I was so mad oh, he got God. he let went to y'all. I was cussing, and then uh, I was DeMarco, like, yes. "Demarco got the bag, yeah." And he and, took, and, took and, Chip, Kelly, and Chip Kelly got the boot. So yeah. the, you know, I'll I'll be okay with that year. And and yeah. I'll, I'll fully admit right now, my my relationship with the Eagles is more of of like a. You know, I have to analyze this objectively, okay? Like, you know, right. the, you can't be a fan, like a, a fanalist, you know? Like, right. do I still pull for them? Of course, you know? But, like, I, you can't – you have to look at them from an you objective draw perspective. The line. Yeah. yeah, of course. You know, I'm not somebody who's going to be like, well, I'm not drafting any Cowboys, you know? Like, that obviously – I would be terrible right. at my job if I did that. Yeah, but um, I, I would do that chip year in 2015 10 times out of 10 again because it was an enema. And I know the Peterson era was short-lived, um, but like, I mean, a- any Eagle fan would live that again. Oh, like, for the Super Bowl? To get the ring, to get the ring. No doubt about it. I don't know it. what that would feel like. Like I said, it's yeah. been since 95, I think. Just crazy. Dude, yep. I'm not going to waste any more time. Get on the games. Have a nice cold drink, dude, Joe. Like I said, been a big fan of yours forever. I'm glad I hit you up and I'm glad you came on, dude. I had a blast, man. I I had a great conversation. Thanks for, thanks for giving the platform. Dude, anytime. Bang, bang, baby. Bang, bang. Thank you. Let's get out of here. Joe, go have a drink, have a smoke. Enjoy it. Dude, appreciate you. Keep on keeping on. (laughs) 